When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. With the new Chevy Silverado, you might be driving in this. But with the Silverado's redesigned interior and large infotainment screens, it'll feel more like this. Introducing the new 2022 Chevy Silverado. Find new upgrades. Find new roads. Chevrolet. Welcome to MLB Daily, your one-stop shop for daily baseball content. I am LJ LaFira. Alongside me, I've got Brandon Karam, and we are a Belly Up Sports podcast. We are what they aren't. Brandon, how you doing? Doing good, LJ. Just finished watching World Series Game 5. Probably the most entertaining game to me this series I know I wasn't on the show yesterday, and while that game certainly did have its spots, uh, it just, like, I wasn't on the edge of my seat nearly as much as I was in this one. Yeah, I think the only thing that hurts this one, obviously, if you're listening and don't know yet, the Astros defeated the Braves 9-5 to cut the deficit to 3-2 in this series. Atlanta needs to win one of the two in Houston to win the World Series championship. I think for me, the only thing that took some of something away from this game and probably took away from a lot of the audience is I think a lot of people have really gotten behind this Braves team, both with the path that they had to go through to get here and the very fact that they're playing the Astros. One game away, a lot of people were, were tuning in to see them win it. And then after that fifth inning hit, I think that sunk a lot of people like a rock, no matter how good the rest of the game was. Yeah. Um, I mean, let's just get right into it because your point is really personified and pretty much everything that happens in this game. Top of the first, uh, it's Tucker Davidson on the mound for Atlanta. Pitches a clean first inning, not much of note there. We get to the bottom of the first, Framber Valdez on the mound for Houston. And he gets into trouble early. Uh, Leadoff single by Jorge Soler, then gets two outs in a row. Freddie Freeman to fly out. Ozzie Albies grounds into a force out. Uh, So now it's first, just a runner on first base uh, with two outs. Austin Riley singles. 
and then is able to advance to second. Uh, then we get a Eddie Rosario walk. We got bases loaded. We get a mound visit. Kind of the story of this postseason. The mound visits just aren't working. Um, next batter, Adam Duvall cranks a grand slam to right field. Four runs on the board for Atlanta, and they take a four nothing lead. Uh, LJ, maybe the best crowd reaction we've had the whole season. One of the best. Yeah. That's fair to say. Just absolute pandemonium uh, there at Truist Park. And what a start for the Braves. But I will read a text that I sent my mom. She texts me and says, oh, my God. And I said, it's awesome. Still a long game. Can't get complacent. Boy, was I... Was I right? Um, yeah. LJ, I haven't seen, and I know Framber Valdez pitched good for the entire season pretty much. This postseason, especially this World Series, not good. Not good. No, the guy, again, it felt questionable to act like he was going to be anything shut down in the postseason when we had not seen him pitch in this type of environment nothing close to as loud as this nothing close to as loud as Minute Maid Park in game one of the ALCS these are different moments meant for a different breed of pitcher and he has not proven he can handle it whatsoever all he's proven is that he's capable of wielding well his offense does help him out in the second and third innings as in the second uh, we get a Yuli Gurriel single, Kyle Tucker walk, and then an Alex Bregman double into the gap makes it four to one. Next batter, Martin Maldonado with a sack fly to make it four two. Uh, and then Framber strikes out to end the inning. Probably one of the worst batting stances I've ever seen from just a baseball player in general. I, I don't know what he's doing there. Clearly, you can tell that being a pitcher hitting uh, this is. Could have been one of the last. This is the last game probably ever in which a pitcher will hit. Mm. And we saw quite a bit of well, Shohei. Shohei, uh, it was the rare exception, but he's he's the exception to a lot of stuff that's happening now in the league. So uh, he doesn't count. <laughs> uh, but all right, so third inning, still four to two. Uh, Altuve reaches on a fielder on an error by uh, by Dansby Swanson. Michael Brantley walks, uh, and that's it for Tucker Davidson. Uh, he his final line: two innings, uh, two hits, and I'm going to get to the, his runs here in a second. As both of those runners that are on base are his responsibility. Jesse Chavez comes in immediately allows a double to Carlos Correa to center field. That scores Altuve. Yuli Gurriel steps up with one out. He grounds out, which scores a run. And it is 4-4 as we go to the bottom of the third inning. Uh, Right there proves my point. Baseball is a long game, and you cannot think that even a four-run lead in the first inning 
with this Astros lineup, it's 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 just not safe. No, it's not. Let's get through the um, recap before we get into any. Sure. Uh, Braves take the lead back in the bottom of the third. Freddie Freeman with an absolute moonshot to right field. He was on LJ's MVP ballot for a reason. And uh, just amazing to see this guy come up big in these games. Atlanta takes a 5-4 lead. Valdez ends up coming out in that inning as well. They replace him with Yimmy Garcia. Scoreless in the fourth. We get to the fifth inning, and this is where the Astros do more damage. Uh, They are able to get, at one point, it was second and third with two outs. Alex Bregman comes up. They choose to intentionally walk him. Unfortunately, now the bases are loaded, and the only thing you really have to avoid here is a line drive or a walk, and... A.J. Minter walks Martin Maldonado with the bases loaded. We have a tie game at five. Then Red Sox legend Marwin Gonzalez pinch hits for Jose Urquidy, who uh, came in after Yimmy Garcia. And Marwin Gonzalez hits a single uh, into left field that scores two runs. The biggest hit of of his season. He's not had a hit since October 3rd. And it is a seven to five ball game now with the Astros taking the lead. They add on a run in the seventh inning, thanks to a Martin Maldonado single and a run in the eighth inning, thanks to a Carlos Correa single. So Martin Maldonado three or in three plate appearances tonight, he drove in a run by way of single walk and sack flock. Astros go on to win 9-5. Your final line, Astros, nine runs, 12 hits, no errors. Atlanta, five runs, eight hits, one error. The, the winning pitcher, Jose Urquidy, who pitches one inning out of the bullpen, the loss to A.J. Minter, one inning, three hits, three runs allowed. Uh, your final line, Tucker Davidson, two innings, two hits, four runs, only two of them earned, three walks. Um, yeah, overall, a very entertaining game. The, the the pace of play certainly did pick up as the game went on, but uh, Astros never really gave up. And LJ, I think what you're going to lead to here, you texted me and said, let's hope the Braves aren't like the Falcons. Uh, and something about the war of attrition. Would you like to to explain exactly what you said? Yeah, it's overall, I mean, it's just what we've seen over the last two games. This is a team that went into this year after going to the NLCS last year with no starting rotation because everybody got hurt. They came in and they bolstered their starting rotation this year. They made sure they were in a good place with that, brought up guys, brought in guys, and we're really successful at that. And yet somehow, some way, they found a way to have the majority of them hurt as well this year. So they can't get healthy, and they're just getting continuously less healthy. And so you end up with options like this. Brandon, I know you're going to want to bring up your overall thoughts about pushing Max Freed to this game. I don't think that was the right would, would have been the right move 
you're up 3-1. If that guy you don't feel 100% certain is ready to go, there's no re reason to push him in ahead of schedule for that. However, what I would have done is you've got Jesse Chavez, who has not pitched since Wednesday, in here as well. Why, why is he not opening this game? Yeah. That's exactly where I go with this. My mind immediately goes to Jesse Chavez opens for once through, and then you give, give the ball to Tucker Davidson after that. And, and you know what, what happens happens with this game. I don't think you want to take the risk of not getting the best quality that you can out of Max Freed, regardless of whether it's a home or away game. But that seemed like the clear opportunity for me. They set it up so well with the bullpen usage of late and then just did not follow through on it. And, you know, so I thought maybe Max Freed could have started this game because it it's three days rest um, with more thought it makes sense to have him go game six because now he's getting a full five days of rest. Like he's getting a full cycle, what he's used to. And you set up having your two rotation guys for game six and game seven, both who are very solid options uh, should be noted. So uh, look, the day off will help both teams tremendously as I would say that overall in this whole playoffs, both teams as bullpens have been, used to the to the max uh especially the braves astros in that series against the red Sox. i mean lj we were talking about like they were on plan d or plan e with how they were being used in the red Sox series so um yeah it's interesting that's another reason i want to see atlanta win brandon i'm not sure if you caught this stat but the atlanta braves are basically the antithesis of what Rob Manfred wants for baseball going into this game, 58 pitching changes this postseason. One, two, three, four. So he's they're up to 62 in the postseason. That is a lot of extra time for Robbie. Yeah, four hours is the time of game. Uh, but it was like approaching two and a half hours, and we hadn't even got through the fifth, fifth inning. Uh I thought we were we were destined for a five hour long game here, but. Uh, and also to just to get back on the Tucker Davidson, Jeff, Jesse Chavez stuff. Mm -hmm. It didn't feel to me like they were responsible for the game. Like, yes, that was what four runs um, with those two guys um, earned, unearned, inherited, whatever it is, they were responsible. Those two were responsible for those first four runs. But when it, comes down to it the team gave AJ Minter a 5-4 game yes he struggled guys struggle but I don't care what is happening what what you've been doing you have Martin Maldonado probably the worst hitting starter in the league at the plate with two outs and you can't throw him a strike that's where the game was lost to me. I know that they scored nine runs, but from that point on, this game plays out completely differently. If you can just get something that he can't get great contact on in the zone and get him to roll over on it, all of a sudden you're going into the next inning up 5-4. You use this bullpen completely different than they did. 
you go with actual guys, it means Drew Smiley certainly isn't giving up two earned runs because he's not going to be pitching three innings. He's probably not even going to pitch. I was saying this yesterday. They could easily go through this. this these guys look rested. They look engaged. I would be shocked if they didn't go with Minter, Jackson, Matzik, Smith mm. in this game. All of them. Once again, at, most of them going back to back to back three straight days. But like it's the it's the closeout game. You got to give it the shot with the rest today. So if you're if this is a five four game, I don't think the Astros are able to come back from that. But you you walk a guy, yeah, walk a guy with the bases loaded with a one run lead, and he's the one guy that you feel almost certain isn't going to hurt you. I felt more more certain that Martin Maldonado would not hurt this team than. I would that Marlon Gonzalez wouldn't. LJ, um, we have some news breaking out of the Astros camp. They have announced their game six starter. Uh, do you want to take a guess on who, who you, if you're the Astros, who you would start? Um, is there anybody I'm not, before I answer this, no one got hurt, right? No. Okay. Yeah, so it's going to be Urquidy. It is Luis Garcia. What? Yes. Luis Garcia will be pitching game six. No. That is such a bad idea. Because in my eyes, well, first off, in my eyes, I don't care that. Barkidi got the win. He pitched an inning tonight. He threw 14 pitches. That's unimportant. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess now you kind of have to, if that's the case, but in my, in my head for starters, I'm pulling Fran Valdez way earlier from this game. He should not have been out there for two and two thirds. Frankly, he, his spot in the order comes up in that second inning. I'm pinch hitting him right there. They almost pinch hit him when they had, uh, the good opportunity with runners on. And then, of course, that all goes away before Valdez can get up there. It's two outs. They they decided to keep him out there. I pull him there because not only is he showing he can't get it done and isn't going to go along in the first place, but if you do that, you guarantee yourself a chance, if you feel comfortable with him, for him to pitch in game seven, having only thrown maybe 20 pitches tonight. So that seemed like the move for me. But are we also going to forget that Jake Odorizzi exists? You could you could do Urquidy Odorizzi for game six. I just think this is a big risk to put Luis Garcia into this situation. Um, that'll be less rest for him, right? Yeah, I mean, he pitched, he pitched in game three. So he gets three days. Three days. Three days rest. And that's you're, with, you're, put, you're putting a guy who has never pitched this workload in a season before in on three days rest in his first World Series, in his first playoffs, and expecting him to come out and perform well. It's just not realistic, especially with how inconsistent he's been this postseason. They're making a big mistake here. LJ, this is a little off topic, but I just remembered this um 
We've been talking about, at least you brought up the point the other night about the, the umpiring and how it's affected the Braves this postseason, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so last night's game, game four, the Braves were once again not favored, uh, according to the umpires. The 10th game in a row where they were not favored, that's the longest such streak of this season. Uh, since the second to last day of the regular season, Atlanta has been favored in one out of 16 games. It's amazing. Just such a fluke. Like, I, I certainly, I, I am the first person to jump on, at least throw around conspiracy theories that I may or may not talk myself into just for the sake of conversation. But there is no reason for the league to want anything to do with the Astros winning the World Series. There is no way that any of this is tampering. No, it's not rigged. It's just, it's just this is just the craziest coincidence I've ever seen. Ten games in a row. It's it's crazy. What if the Astros? I know I just said I wasn't going to do this, but the Astros just rather than like trash can banging, just decided to pay off the umpires' union going into the season, just like. Whatever you do, just get the job done. Rob Manfred would fine them $50,000. On a serious note, though, this is an interesting standpoint. What do you even do if you're – if a team just, like, no matter what, you can't seem to root this out? Like, obviously, if you have multiple cheating scandals within a couple of years, ownership is going to be forced to sell. They're going to clean house. The leagues that make them clean house in terms of everybody within that organization. But, like, what is the final tipping point for all of that? Like, if it were to happen with a team. Final tipping point in, like, the ch- a cheating scandal or, like, what you end Multiple up doing? cheating scandals. Like, like what you end up doing uh, with the team? Yeah, like, you just, like, dissolve the team and say, like, no, you don't get. <laughs> they, yeah. just can't, they can't un, they can't uproot this cheating this cheating ring i mean how would you feel about like if regardless of for like the next 10 15 years regardless of how good they play in the regular season (laughs) they can't make the playoffs yeah but the thing is like i don't know i just i think we need to walk a line here because at at its core sports are about the fans and as much as cheating scandals are hurting fans of other teams, it is by no means the fault of the fans of Houston that any of this happened. Honestly, some of the most mortified people that I've heard from about this cheating scandal are Houston Astros fans. And they're not going to stop supporting the team, but they're just incredibly disappointed by the whole situation. And so if I was the commissioner, you definitely have to walk a line, I think, between punishing the fans and punishing the organization. That's a great point. Uh, And then like, at what point does you're right. uh, Punishing the team end up affecting the fans. Uh, LJ on another note, something that a lot of baseball fans were excited, shocked, whatever. Zach Granke pinch hitting. Mm -hmm. Tell me you tell me you were watching the game at uh, at that point. I, I uh, I I had it in picture in picture. I got a chance to watch this ripped in the small screen, and it was beautiful. Look, 
Zach Ranky deserves this. Zach Ranky, are we talking about this, especially if Luis Garcia gets the start tomorrow? If they win, could we be talking about a Zach Ranky World Series MVP? Very, very seriously. He'd probably start game. Uh, he would start game seven with Luis Garcia. And he started game seven of the 2019 World Series as well, right? I think so. Unless my mind is completely fried. Uh, yes, he did. Game three and game seven. Six so, and a third, two hits, two runs in that game seven. If he puts together, especially if he if he puts if any starter puts together two quality starts in a series, I feel like you should be a very heavy favorite to be getting it. Like somebody else has to be absolutely on fire. I don't see anyone that's necessarily lighting the world up for this Houston team. And so if he were to go out here, that 500 for the series with two quality starts, there's no way you don't give it to him. I think you flirt with it if he gives you five innings. LJ, Zach Granke has more postseason hits than Mike Trout and Ted Williams combined. When are we going to get Trout here? You know, when I saw that Ted Williams played in one postseason series, which was back when they only played the World Series, I was like, there's no way. And then I was looking. So many of those Boston teams finished in second place, like just so close, so close. Oh, crazy yeah. to me. I mean, to be yes, fair, he, got, you gotta get he got the champ. He got the championship that mattered, right? The back to back. He he was on the second leg of the back to back World War Championships. Oh uh, yes, uh, com- completely went over my head. Yes, and. To come back and then just be an MVP like year after year is just. I would be losing my mind if he was a part of that era, the one MVP era. Uh, yeah, that would be. Would be, my be um, all right. Anything else from this game other than um, that, that a Kendall Graveman, like I said, probably took the last at bat a pitcher will ever take other than Otani? Um, I'm trying to think. There definitely was something I wanted to talk about. Oh, I wanted to talk about Eddie Rosario. I saved this for today, but what a freaking bum. Can we stop idolizing that catch from last two nights ago? It was awesome. It was awful. Awful. Luckiest catch of that man's life. The dude cannot play defense. Brandon, he chickens out, does the exact same thing he did to break up the no-hitter, basically, but the opposite way. He gets scared, looks down at the wall, loses the ball, sticks his glove out, and happens to catch it. Man up, go for the ball. Bum. Wasn't it raining? Or not not last night. It it was raining game three, so I can't even use that. He's a DH. Jordan Alvarez uh, is full. It's it's rough. Every time they know, Chris. That was so funny. LJ, you got to admit, watching Jordan Alvarez in the outfield is inexperience. It is. I speaking of which, what's up with him? Talk about five tonight. What is Not he on? Good. Even on the series, I think he has one hit. Yeah, am I correct in seeing a uh, five oh six OPS? And in the postseason, dude has been killing it. <laughs> 
up until this point. I mean, he still has a 460 on base percentage in the postseason. A th- one dot OPS. It just these last five games have been rough, rough. Honestly, it's fair to say that Zach Ranke has been their best hitter in this series. This isn't hyperbolic. Kyle Tucker, honestly, might be the only other guy that you could give this to. Like, Altuve has been a shell of himself all postseason. He just hits Kyle a home run here and there, and it's like, yep, like, there, there it is. All right, I'm going to go hide for a little while. I'll see you guys tomorrow. Um, Alex Bregman, is he playing? He had a big hit today? tonight, but oh, other than notice, that. I didn't notice he was in the game. This whole postseason, dude's been awful. This is just, it just feels like a really weird year with these guys. Yeah, they're, like, I think I saw something like their their infield was like two for 22 or something coming into this series. Or in yeah, this, for the, in this the game. game for um, the World Series. Yeah, I saw that somewhere too. It's just no bueno. It starts with them having two DHs. There's two DHs in the, playing in the field in this game. Jordan Alvarez and Eddie Rosario. I'm irate. Guy did not deserve the love for that. Well, I think that's about everything for World Series Game 5. Uh, because it is Halloween, and uh, first of all, happy Halloween, uh, we're going to do a little game. Little trivia, little guess who I am. Uh, LJ, how many players do we want to do? Two, one? Oh, we're doing more, multiple players. No. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Probably just one. I, I have one. I can figure out multiple on the fly. No, we'll do one, and I'll have you go first so where uh, I'm I'm going to guess. Just kind of like we each get three clues. Uh, you want to guess after each clue? Yes. Or if you have a guess. All right. Um, LJ, I will take clue number one about your player. Okay. Um, I guess I if I knew what. Clue number one was. Okay. Um, he played for one team. Oh, great. All right. One American League team. I'll be better there. Can I at least ask if this is like an active or player? Oh. Uh, not active. Played for one American League team. We should hmm. probably actually give all three clues because. Yeah, this is this is uh, the first time. Okay, clue number two. He was, he was one of the scariest players, at his position, particularly in a specific month. Hmm. Okay. And. Number three, he's got 3,000 hits. Oh, uh, one American League team. Okay. <laughs> now, the question is Am I trying to trick Brandon? And I'm actually going with a 3,500 club member to see if he can name it one more time before the end of the season. Oh, no. <laughs> no. I'm not saying. <sighs> I'm not saying I am, but I'm not saying I'm not. What is that guy's name? 
God. 3,000 hits, 500 home runs. So it's <laughs> okay. Hold on. There's Hank Aaron, Willie Mace, A Rod. Did Miguel Cabrera get it? Like, ugh. but like in a specific month, like what player? Yeah, oh. I, I didn't say I definitely was picking a 3,500. I said I might. Oh, what's the cool holes? But like, what month was this guy scary in? He was scary, and he was also scary in a month. Scary at his position, and scary in a month. Um. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. So I know the list, right? Because it's Hank Aaron, Willie Mays, Rafael Palmero. Pujols, A-Rod, and Eddie Murray. So it's one of them. Brandon, I feel bad because you're not seeming to catch the hint. It is not a 3,500. I was just trying to goad you into listening to names. Okay. So, LJ, I really don't know. That's such a – another hint? Yeah. Can, like, we get, like, like just just another hint? Because, like, I feel like 20 seasons. Okay. Hall of Famer. Hmm. I'm going to check someone, but I don't think that he has – I don't. I think he played for more than one AL team, yeah, and he doesn't have 3,000 hits. Okay, I checked Frank Thomas. This is going to be – oh, I feel like I'm going to be – guessing three, two, Oh, okay. One. Here's my first guess, Derek Jeter. Correct. Hey, okay. Watching him play shortstop was downright scary. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, great. (laughs) Great. Huh. All right. Let's, I gotta, I I still didn't really think. Who are you dressed up as for Halloween? Okay. No, actually, I have a, I have a great, I have a pretty good one. Oh dear. Uh, active player. Okay. Shohei Otani. Wrong. Uh, let's see. Has won multiple World Series. And and this is a part of the second clue, multiple World Series. And let me actually double check. Yes, and a World Series MVP. Okay. Okay. So, active player has won multiple World Series and a World Series MVP and was traded during the 2021 season. Oh. Okay. I'm trying to think of combinations of World Series winners, especially ones that would be active. I could give you another hint. I wonder, I don't know how big of a giveaway it would be. I don't think Um, it's going to be that much because I'm stuck on a number of guys that I know don't work. Okay. Played for the Red Sox. 
Not saying whether not saying whether he was primarily on the Red Sox or not, but he played for the Boston Red Sox. Wait, how many World Series did you say he won? Multiple? Did you say multiple or how many? Uh, I feel like if I gave you the number, it would give it away, kind of. Lucky Land Casino asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. But he was traded during this season. If he was traded during this season, actually, it doesn't help me because... 14 seasons counting this year. Okay, 14 seasons counting this year, so that would bring him back to... 2008 was his first season. Wait, we're allowed to check stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, sure. I don't sound like a total idiot. Oh, man, that didn't work. Do you have anyone in mind specifically, or should I give you another clue? Brennan, you know how my mind works. If I get hung up on something, it stays hung up there. So my mind cannot leave Miguel Cabrera and John Lester, both of which I know are wrong. So I need another hint. Okay. Um, he is, let's see. I'm trying to think of something good to, to use here. Oh, okay. Position, because that probably. Yeah, sure. Uh, he's a corner infielder. primarily let me see what he's played mostly for his career. all right yeah third base for like the majority of his career a oh lot. you didn't you're out here trying to get do me dirty you're trying to do me dirty it's pablo sandoval pablo sandoval i was thinking so hard and you knew i wouldn't get it either too because I actively, tried, I actively try to forget the Pablo Sandoval tenure. What I find hilarious is that he's a switch hitter. And during his first year with Boston, for the second half of 2015, he just hit from the left side because he was so bad. 
he was just like, ever since, like prior to that and ever since then, he's hit from both sides of the plate. But for the second half of that full season he played with the Red Sox, he was like, ah, screw it. We're just going to hit lefty. I feel like guys legitimately don't think about, and Sandoval is in perfect case for it. They don't consider all of the important pieces when they move in free agency. Like, yeah, money's great. Money isn't everything. This man got to Boston. And within a month, he was miserable. He genuinely hated it there, here. And, like, don't get me wrong. I can understand not everywhere is for everybody. But if you're in free agency, it's not like you're, like, getting traded there. If you're signing a huge free agent deal, you have to at least have an understanding of if you're going to like the environment, if you're going to be happy there, because you're going to be spending a significant portion of your life there. Like you got to make sure it's somewhere you're going to want to be regardless of the money. Or if it suits like your hitting style, this is a guy who doesn't really pull the ball a lot. And Fenway is the one park where you want to be a pull hitter. No. Yeah. I mean, opposite field helps a lot as lefties i mean that's what you find the great lefties end up not pulling the ball or being able to choose not to pull the ball because i mean that's that's a lot of what um that's a lot of where poppy's success came from was using Mm. the monster yeah the monster honestly feels like more of a tool to lefties to me than it does righties because most of the righties if you're getting it to left field you're going to be able to or want to pull the ball over the monster. That's not going to help your batting average any more than any other home run. But if you're a lefty, just to be able to have that, you can kind of weakly put out those opposite field hits off the wall. It's, it's an asset. Uh, it certainly is. Uh, yeah, that was like one of the first guys I thought of because we've been talking about how the Indians literally traded Pablo traded Eddie Rosario for Pablo Sandoval and then immediately waved him. Like it was literally the they biggest got better defensive value out of Pablo. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a primary DH can kind of do that for you. Was he even like on the Braves? He was like the pinch hit God this year for the Braves early in the year. Yeah. You remember that? Yep. Uh. Yeah, World Series MVP, three home runs, I think, in game one of the 2012 or was that 2010 World Series? One of those World Series, three homers in one of the first games. Uh, yeah, admittedly, I was going to go with um, Pete Rose, but then I realized I wasn't like, I wasn't in love with the cre- creative crafting of the questions. And I wouldn't have been able to live my, with myself if I didn't get to make another shot at Derek Jeter before this season ended. So I figured you might as well incorporate both of them into one. Yeah, no, I, I like that. Uh, certainly a segment we'll have to do again during the off season. I, I think like once every few shows. We have costume parties every couple of shows. Yeah, why not? Why not? Um, how are we doing on time here? Oh, we're actually doing pretty good. Um, I never know what time we start. I rely on you for that. We, we are doing good on time. Um, we have postmortems to get through. LJ, 
Brandon. We have Blue Jays, Tigers, Indians. We're going to do a more condensed version of these uh, because these teams simply did not make the playoffs. And no bueno. No bueno. Uh, at least for most of the teams we're going to talk about, but I think Toronto's no, an interesting. Toronto's no bueno. Oh, because yeah, I know exactly what what we're gonna uh, what you're gonna bring up. This is one of your favorite talking points, and I think it's so genius because it's just so true. LJ, take me through why the Toronto Blue Jays collapsed in September. The Toronto Blue Jays collapsed not only because of youth, because there's plenty of reasons that they shouldn't have cooled down as much as they did in the middle of the season at points, but a lot of their a lot of them not truly being close not having, not ever feeling like you had a good shot to make the playoffs in the last week or so, much less to make a run in the playoffs, is tied to the fact that they were more interested in a scouting card than they were in playing baseball games. They have, who was that? Was that Kevin Kiermaier? Kevin Kiermaier, yeah. Kevin Kiermaier grabbed a scouting card that had fallen out of Danny Jansen's pocket, was it? Yep, the catcher, yeah. Or uh, it was either him or Alejandro Kirk. But anyway, the catcher's pocket. And all of a sudden, they start plunking a guy in late September. Look. In the midst of a very tight playoff race. In the midst of a tight playoff race, you're desperate for a wild card berth. You've been talked about all year, all offseason, as like, hey, this team is being aggressive to make themselves a, a competitor. They can go win this they can win it all is honestly where a lot of people started going with this team because like if they, if they did get all their pieces going, they're a really great team. They're a really fantastic offense. It traded for Jose Barrios and it was like, whoa, like, whoa, they're, they're, they're serious about this, this year. Traded for Jose Barrios. They go bring in George Springer. They almost bring in Michael Brantley, according to multiple reports, which that would have been interesting. I about that. Oh my god! I don't love Michael Brantley. I'm sorry. That might be an unpopular opinion. He is probably he is very low on like my depth chart of baseball players I like to watch. He's a he's a great hitter. No, it just doesn't get it done for me. I'm sorry, but like either way, I can still acknowledge with that that would have made this lineup really scary. Like we've already we've already talked about multiple times how hard it is to figure out what you should what they should do with the outfield with the amount of outfielder depth that they have and he wouldn't have helped that helped that situation at all but on a positive note they took a lot of steps in the right direction if you can bring back all of these guys that they hit on you're looking at a really good team going forward especially if you can grab them and keep going of course, the focus of this offseason 100% will be bringing back Marcus Simeon. There is no doubt about that in my mind. He is priority one for your baseball team. Past that, correct me if I'm wrong, Jose Barrios is this offseason? Next, next offseason. Um, okay, getting Robbie Ray is a free agent also. Getting that extension done, I think, is important. Robbie Ray, it would be great to have him back. You need a, you need to go after him if you're going to try to make a playoff thing, but I'm not sure. It's, an, it's not as necessary to me as Marcus Simeon. Marcus Simeon leaves oh, a gigantic no, no. hole. I think realistically you want to start moving more towards more time for guys like Alec Manoa and Nate Pearson. So 
And also, I I have a good feeling that Hinjin Ryu is going to make a bounce back next year. I would, I did not I was not pleased with what I saw out of Hinjin Ryu this year. I think it can be better. But if you can strengthen the bullpen and keep most of what you have, there's no reason this team shouldn't be competing for the playoffs next year. They've and they've got a lot of fun pieces moving forward. It's they're in a really good spot, especially when you've got Vladdy. Vladdy, uh, is that the that's the other thing too? Is it time we start talking about resigning him? I mean, like the and the thing is, when the Braves got Albies and Acuna on those like really long, not a lot of money deals, like they it's not like they could ask for a ton of money. Like, yes, they could have, but like how much is Vladdy really going to get? Is he going to get a Tatis contract? Like he's a first baseman. So it's not a very premium spot. And he, look, he's an absolutely generational hitter, but you're going to pay this man, whatever he wants. And you're probably going to be able to do it for a lot cheaper now than when he hits free agency and is able to walk because with the contract prices just go up and up every single year. Like, yes, absolutely. That's the thing is like the market's going to keep growing right now. I would say his value. Where do you put it? 280. Two. Yeah. Mid, mid two hundreds. And that's like, depends. I wouldn't, on I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say he would, would go for anything less than 250 but i think 280 is probably fair you're gonna get the hometown discount like if i saw him get 300 it wouldn't shock me either but the value of it also at this point yes it's if they probably should have with the scouting reports and everything that you heard about him going into his rookie year they should have locked him up before he came up but they didn't they got to move on from that and they're not going to have the opportunity to do a Acuna-esque deal, but they can at least lock him up. They can take that uncertainty out of their front office. If you know you're going to have this guy for the next 10 years, that makes things all the more certain. That makes it all the more, all the easier to make moves and build a team around a guy, knowing you're going to have the next 10 years to work with this. It's also a huge bargaining chip for free agents. To be able to say, hey, look at this guy. This guy is going to be the one batting after you for the next four or five years, however long you're trying to sign this guy to a contract. That brings in that brings in players. And he doesn't miss games. He literally had to get tied to the bench because he wanted to play. Well, also, can we just say how stupid it is that they didn't let him play in all 162 games? Yeah, and they let Marcus Simeon do it, though? Well... Simeon's on an expiring contract, so yeah, but <laughs> one game difference. Is yeah, like- I know, I know. It's it's crazy, and it's like he played all sixty games in twenty twenty, and I think went from when he came up in twenty nineteen. Yeah, he only missed like very few games, so yeah, I don't know. Um, I love Vladdy. I love what the what the Blue Jays are doing, but let's try to get. A little further into this, LJ, the surprise player on the Blue Jays from this season. Oh, uh, um, if we're going to do surprise players and stuff, I don't really know. No one was – is it possible to say that no one was that surprising? I guess I got to go to Teoscar Hernandez. 
Am um, I wrong for saying like Marcus Simeon? I mean, no. I guess the question becomes how much does it become a matter of is is Marcus Simeon a matter of should he be surprising you or is it just the fact is the Oakland factor? Yeah, I mean, he had a terrible 2020, but other than that, it's like... That, yeah, that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, yeah, because he was third in MVP voting in, in 2019. So, yeah, no, I, I won't pick him as a surprise. LJ, tell me about Teoscar Hernandez. Well, I mean, look, 32 home runs, 12 stolen bases from the guy, almost bats 300, and, oh, yeah, this isn't even one of the guys that you've really been planning around. Like, you try to build these cores, and you think Guerrero, Bichette, Biggio, and then you bring Springer in to be the kind of ringer on top of that. All of a sudden, you all have guys like Teoscar Hernandez who force themselves into the equation, and I absolutely love to see that because it just makes it makes lineup so much stronger. And Teoscar Hernandez, he finished 11th in MVP voting and won a silver slugger in 2020 and was still a relatively unknown player. Like, that's what's amazing about this guy. He's on the map now, LJ. Like, his last two seasons, 193 games, 48 homers, 150 RBIs with a 295 batting average. It's, it's awesome. Starts in the All-Star game this year. Remember that. He was a starter in the All-Star game. Uh, my surprise, um, you know, I want to look at something first, but I might go with Bo Bichette, honestly. This was like another, this was his kind of breakout year, almost. Plays the most games that he's ever played in a season by far. I mean, coming into this year, he'd only played 75 games in the majors. Injuries. Uh, just is a very young player in general, 159 games, leads the American League in hits, uh, 29 homers, 25 stolen bases, a six-war season. Uh, just an incredible season from him all around, and this is exactly what you want out of you know, your, your guys in this lineup. I mean, this is a scary top four. If they get Simeon back, a top five of Springer, Simeon, Bo Bichette, Vladdy, Teoscar Hernandez. Oh, oh my God. So it made them so much fun to watch this year. Number one in OPS. So for as a team, so. All right. Well, can we, um, Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a Start a journey, not a fad. Kick off your fitness journey with up to $500 off Peloton Bike, Bike Plus, or Tread packages. Choose the package that will take your training to the next level with accessories like our cycling shoes, heart rate band, non-slip grip dumbbells, and more. 
Join now and you'll see why 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. All access membership separate. Offer ends January 8th, 2023. Excludes Bike, Bike Plus, and Tret Basics. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com. Agreed. Just to wrap this portion up, unanimous disappointment is George Springer. Just on the games played factor, he absolutely. didn't play. Oh, my gosh. And he still like, had 22 homers. If he was, if he went to an actual, like, major city club, club, he would be in a media shitstorm right now over this. You can't tell me New York or Boston would take it well having a guy sign for the amount of money that he did and then not play the first year. You'd have to go out and win the MVP to win him over next year. It, like, it doesn't even matter that he played in 78 games and, you know, was very effective in those games. It's for a guy that's, like, never gotten hurt, and then all of a sudden he just keeps battling these injuries this year. It's a little surprising to me. Mm-hmm. And you're right. Toronto's a big sports city, but, like, in terms of, like, the national MLB media, not a lot of flack. Giancarlo Stanton, the guy who's played more games than Mike Trout since 2017. All you see on Twitter is people just saying, oh, well, he never plays. He never plays. He never plays. And it's like, yeah, he, he doesn't. He, he had stretches there where he wasn't playing for a while, 2019, 2020. But he took a lot of shit for it. You're right, LJ. George Springer, not a word, really. It was just like, oh, just wait till they get Springer back. It wasn't, why is George Springer hurt all the time? Yeah, that wasn't what you want to see. Do we have time for another? We do have time for another quick one. Um, the Detroit Tigers. Look, we talked about teams that exceeded expectations. LJ, I, me and you very high on the tigers in the I'm in love with this team Brandon I can't I can't sugarcoat it or not sugarcoat it but tone down how I feel about this because what an exciting group of guys and you keep finding guys you find a guy like Akil Badu and he's been doing so good um you're you're finding guys in this lineup that look like okay they can be contributors long-term guys that we can fill around Brandon, am i correct it seems like almost spencer torkelson could couldn't be far riley green also couldn't be far for their for their lineup and then you go over to the rotation casey mize fantastic second year fantastic should have been an all-star and is going to be one of the bright spots in terms of future starting pitchers in this league. I have to imagine that Tariq Squibal and Matt Manning are going to be close to that turning point within the next year. I mean, that's really, you got to, you got to give some of these young, young starters time and Matt Manning. I'm certainly not giving up on him so far. The third ranked prospect in their organization. Yes. He had a 580 ERA over 85 innings this year, but Give him more time to adjust. Give him another season, and you're going to see those numbers drop dramatically. This team has a lot going for it, and they've got a very aggressive front office, a very aggressive ownership that wants to be competitive once they're in a position where they can be. So I'm saying it right now. 
when Carlos Correa is in his second year as a Detroit Tiger, whoa, for a playoff spot. Whoa, two very just I'm and it's hot takes, uh, there. It's amazing. Um, yeah, I mean, honestly, the more I've seen it, I saw it somewhere, I don't remember where it was. I hadn't even thought about it until make, a couple weeks ago. I can't get it out of my head. I don't care who else is going for him. It's the fit. Carlos Correa to the Tigers is the fit. It's where I want to see him. It's where I need to see him. He slides right in to this, this team. I mean, shortstop, they got Nico Goodrum. It's not anybody that they're going to be all broken up about not having on the team. You bring in him, and then you start to continue. You still have to continue to round out the roster. But next thing you know, you've got two top prospects, two top 10 prospects on this team within the next couple of years. You got Carlos Correa. You got whoever else they're willing to spend on, on in free agency and, and an already established solid pitching staff. What more could you ask for in terms of rising teams? Not much. And you're right. Spencer Torkelson right around the corner. Riley Green. Uh, that's two top 10 prospects in the MLB right there that are going to add to this to this lineup that could certainly use them. Uh, and you're right. A young pitching staff, uh, Casey Mize, you know, if he's able to make another leap, that would be absolutely massive. Uh, Tariq Skubal, going to be very good. Uh, was he the one who threw the no-hitter? Who threw the no-hitter? For, or was it not the Tigers? No, it wasn't someone on the Tigers. Someone threw a no-hitter this year. No, it was. Was Brandon. it – I'm going to let you try to figure it out. A podcast favorite. Yes, I know. And now I can't think of his name. We wrote a movie. About oh, no. No, I guess Spencer Turnbull. I, yeah, there we go. Spencer, steal your girl, Turnbull. And he had Tommy John surgery, so he'll be done for uh, probably most of next year. But you're right. Just such depth that they have here. LJ, I mean, I don't know what we think about Matthew Boyd, because I know he's, you know, not good, but these he's got some sort of veteran leadership there, you know, but Casey Mize, Spencer Torkelson, even I like Jamer Candelario. He had a really big year this year too. switch hitter. Uh, They got some names here that they get Carlos Correa and we know the Tigers aren't afraid to spend money at points. Once they get off this happened. Miggy contract, LJ, they're they're gonna have a lot to spend. So yeah, excited. That's the other thing. Let's also not forget, like he's also still not a bad player. He's okay. He's not a liability. No. So it'll feel it'll feel good to have him around for at least the start of the climb back. Exactly. And who else? I mean, he seems like a great guy to have there to mentor the hitters as well. So, yeah, um, we're going to cut the surprise and, and a disappointment because we kind of touched on those guys in the first place. Um, do we want? Yeah, we're still pretty good on time. Do we want to do Indians real quick? Because I have a hot take about one of the guys here. Sadly, yes. It, it disappoints me every time I have to talk about this team, but let's go for it. 
the Cleveland Guardians. Um, oh, they'll be named oh, 2022. Boo. No, I'm sorry, actually. Boo. The other He's day, the Cleveland, the Guardians, Cleveland Guardians, their roller derby team suing the team for taking their name. So maybe not. They, um, won't. they won't be the Cleveland Guardians. Mark my words. Jose Ramirez is still really good, except he's going to be on the Seattle Mariners next year. So, uh, look, look, he is an $11 million club option for this for next year. Like, you have to pick that up. But, dude, th- this guy is going to want out. I mean, right? Yes. Just trade him to the Mariners for, for all our sake, please. Are we sure he's going to want out? What what re- what reason would he want to stay? I don't know. I can I can make a decent case for the future of this team. Oh boy. What for the one, days for one man, Jose Ramirez. <laughs> Him. <laughs> okay. Him being on the team makes them competitive. But no, Brandon, you look at this team, and what really my the biggest disappointment with this team is. You're talking about a team that's in it in the last two weeks of September, I think. They're in the wild card race or even the division race if Tito's there. Terry Francona steps away in the middle of this season. It changed the entire trajectory of their season. It really did. And, I mean, again, you can always question how much a manager, how much of an impact a manager has on a team you can't question that he has a huge impact on the direction and the overall way that this team plays, behaves, reacts. He's, he's just a fantastic manager. So he's my number two reason to believe in this. And then you look overall, the pitching, the pitching has a place here. I mean, we've got, we've got guys over a hundred innings. As far as I'm concerned, you get these guys over 100 innings, you're going to see something comparable to what you're going to get out of them in a full season. Shane Bieber, kind of a lost year for him, 96 innings. But again, this is a Cy Young winner. I think we're all pretty confident in his ability to pitch still. Cal Quantrill, 289 ERA this year in 22 really starts. Really good. Fantastic. Aaron Savalli, 384 and 21 starts. And that's without even talking about other guys like, I mean, I'm sorry, Zach Plezak and Tristan McKenzie. I'm not out on them. No. You're a year and two years into these guys. There is still plenty of room to grow. And they weren't even, it's not like they were even like bad for this season. And then you look to this um, bullpen. Any bullpen that is ending with Classe and Karen Shack for the net, for the foreseeable future. I'm going to be fine with them growing into their roles. Flosse, he's like throwing 102 and the pitches are moving insane amounts. He's so good. And Karen Chak, I don't like looking at reliever ERA because a couple bad outings and it just gets so inflated. He's really good. Really, really good. Uh, and the fans love him. Uh, he's, he's, a great pitcher uh, and we'll certainly settle back into what we're used to seeing out of him. Uh, I guess like, look, it's just the fact that the team does not want to spend any money at, at all on anything. It is sad. No, you're right. When you have a player like 
Jose Ramirez. I can't believe that you wouldn't want, and you're so close to being a playoff team. I can't believe why you wouldn't want to just put a little money into the team. And I just, I don't know. I don't see where it went to because like, it didn't feel like it was like this. I mean, they certainly weren't the most aggressive team in free agency, but three years ago, it didn't seem like this. It didn't feel like this at all. But was it that, or did they just have such good starting rotations that we just didn't really notice, you know? I mean, it's a little of both. I mean, actually, whoa, never mind. $124 million payroll in 2019, 140 in 2018, 2021, $51 million. (laughs) They just stopped. They just stopped because... I think they view this as either a rebuild or a reload, especially while they don't have to pay Jose Ramirez. I mean, if you're going to have to pay Jose Ramirez, you might as well go all in and spend. (laughs) But while you've got guys on friendly contracts, while you've got guys before they're like out of their prime, if this is what you have to do, it's what you have to do. But if they, if Jose Ramirez ends up leaving this team one way or another, they have to take a real hard look on what is going on here because I think once you a move like that shows a lack of willingness to be competitive, that it can't it can't be accepted. They're gonna have to make they just gotta make changes, start completely from scratch because there's a lot of guys on this team that deserve better than that. Starting with the manager. So there's a website called spotrack.com. It shows you player values, um, what their quote-unquote market value is for most players. Um, Vladdy Jr., we were off by a lot. Uh, They have him at $441 million for 13 years. Well, is that for like signing right now? Right now, yeah. Or actually, no, when he would be a free agent. Okay, yeah, no, that's different, though. Okay. Because, like, again, I was saying, like, I could, re- I could easily see him getting 300. I think you're right, because, Brandon, what did – remind me, did Tatis get 340? 340, and Lindor got 341. Yeah, so they're getting 340 at a premium position. I I think you're going you're gonna to see hometown discount would be around 280. 300 is what you're looking at for him more likely than not. That seems certainly fair considering position, considering defense, and the fact that they're relatively comparable hitters. My point here, Jose Ramirez, uh, so it's a $12 million club option for next year. They have his value uh, at around seven years, $211 million. You know, they're going to pick up his club option, but, I mean, how can the team – like, what's the point? I guess the point of him, he's like entering his prime. He's 28 now. What's the point of him sticking around to just not get paid at all? You know, you and trade I think him Also, this is partially – I want to extend him. This is partially also – I don't know. Maybe we're even overblowing this. With Cleveland, because yes, the number does not look good, but at the same time, we might be clumping the move of Francisco Lindor 
which very well may have had less to do about money, more to do about fit. If the guy doesn't want to be there, he doesn't want to be there. Yeah. And again, I'm always going to stand on the side and move on from a guy rather than trying to make the deal work for until the last second, because it's always going to end up breaking down by the end of the contract anyways, if he doesn't truly want to be in your city. So we're adding that into the number. Could we even stop to think about the fact that maybe this is just pandemic talk? I mean, as much as, yeah. we, don't, as, much as we don't like the fact that owners treat this as a business first sometimes, it is also still a business. We can't act like it's everybody's sole playground. Steve Cohen, it's largely a playground. It's not everybody's playground. And so if you're going to have revenue loss, some people are going to want to hold on and get as much money out of what they have when they can, because they're not sure where that money is going. It's such overall, the market entertainment market in particular has been so volatile over the last year and a half that they're kind of right to be skeptical and to play things safe right now. So going into the next couple of years, we could see them operate very different. The number I'm looking at here, Brandon, they have three, uh, Shane Bieber's going into Arbor. Now is when you can capitalize on this team. Round out this roster a little bit, try to make another run of the playoffs, see what happens. And our favorite player, Bobby Bradley. Let's not forget about him. He'll be back. Yes, sir. Well, that's going to do it for today's show. Thank you all for listening. We'll be back Tuesday night for um, World Series Game 6. Yeah. And uh, we will see you all then. See you mañana. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team, team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.